Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Oh my gosh, welcome to episode 101 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Drew, I'm still a little bit astonished that our episode numbers are into the triple digits now. I know, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It, it really is. And uh, got some really nice comments on episode 100. I think it was a nice walk down memory lane, or as as you aptly named it, the magical mis- mystery magic. I, what the hell was the name? Magical mystery tour. It's like, you know. <laughs> there you go. Words are hard this morning, apparently. I thought we'd give the listeners a special treat today. What do you think? I agree. I think it is uh, mailbag time. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, drop some REO Speedwagon in your letter. I got a uh, message via the Facebook, Instagram message platform. I'm sure none of yeah, those things thing. were correct, but uh, somebody found a way to reach out to my technologically savvy self. We're just going to call this listener Daniel. We'll save the last name. But Daniel, I got your message. And the part of the message I really like, it says here as I scroll down, my service is where I'm having issues and hiring is a major project for me. I'd love to get better at it. Setting expectations is hard without people quitting mid-shift. Drew, let's jump into this and and talk about, I mean, something we don't talk about very often, and that's full-fledged expectation. I think it's been at least two episodes. Yeah, I think Daniel's (laughs) having a challenge with setting full-fledged expectations. And without actually talking to Daniel, I can't pinpoint exactly where his biggest opportunity is. But as I read his message, it's leading me to believe that he may be setting the full-fledged expectations at not the right time. What do you think? So it's either he's not setting them at the right time or he's only enforcing them at the wrong time. Okay. When is the wrong time to enforce them? (laughs) After you haven't. (laughs) As silly as that sounds, I'm with you. Yeah. If you're enforcing them for the first time, on the second, third, or fourth violation, or in the middle of a rush, then you've missed the boat. So, Drew, when do you think is the right time to set those expectations? Personally, Sam, I like in the interview. It's really easy to start in the interview, start with the no talent things, as our friend Mike Brumpel would say, and talk about being on time and being an image, and that you expect them to actually show up and care. That would be stuff to set in the interview. That's where I would start. Why do you think it is that our general managers out there are struggling with giving realistic job previews and setting full-fledged expectations during the interview. You know, it's not just the general managers, it's the supervisors as they're interviewing for manager roles, it's the franchisees as they're interviewing for supervisors. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but okay, so we were never, and I say the we as the collective, we were never really good at this before, and then the pandemic just shined this bright, glaring light on it. If you were 
average or less at this before the pandemic, you kind of squeak by. And now you just can't. Your employees, I would say your team, but I'm going to call them employees for a moment and hear me out why. Your employees don't want sporadic expectations. They don't want to be told what to do for the first time when they're already sweaty and hot and busy. And they don't want to see you only hold Sam accountable and let Drew slide by. And when you, they see that, they decide there are better places to work. And that's why I'm calling them an employee because at that moment, they're not on your team. Yeah, they're one of those quit stays. They've quit, but they're staying for the paycheck. But that's not their fault. That's the key here, right? It's easy to, to turn the blame on them. Oh, they've quit mid-shift. Yeah, because we did something. That's correct. Or we didn't do something. Correct. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll say it every time I've got the opportunity to talk to the leaders. Wait, um, wait, 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 is it three things? It is three things. Fabulous. And those three things are, it's not easy, it's not fair, and it's not for everyone. If you're listening to this podcast, you've already determined that number three is not about you. So with that, you've got to understand that it's not easy and it's not fair. And when it comes to full-fledged expectations, you've got to set those out in the interview. If you're not giving them a full-fledged, absolutely no doubt about it expectation around image, which is non-negotiable, the image standards, if you were to go on PyNet and read the operating standards, the image standards are cut and dry from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. There's nothing left to chance. And, you know, when you talked about micro Pell and the things that take no skill, image, it doesn't take any skill. It takes clear expectations and it takes discipline. You've also got to be giving your potential team member a realistic job preview. And I think this is where people really struggle because they say, and I've heard them say all the time, Sam, I don't want to scare them away. Well, gang, sooner or later, they're going to figure out what the job is. Sooner or later, they're going to realize you've got a bathroom in your store and somebody has to clean it. I want to tell them that during the interview. And during the interview, I tell them the worst jobs first. And then I tell them the good stuff second. So that's their lasting memory when they're making the decision. But if you don't tell a delivery driver that there's going to be secondary responsibilities that include doing dishes, prepping food, scrubbing baseboards, washing the bathroom, the first time they go to do that or the first time they're told to do that, don't be surprised when they look at you and they say, you hired me as a delivery driver. That's not my job. Exactly. We've got to spell out for them what their job is from the beginning. Can we back up a second? I'm putting it in reverse. It's not just the, the side jobs and the secondary jobs, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm a little understaffed, that rush seems worse than it should be. Of course. So it's not just a matter of setting the expectation in the interview. It's a matter of making sure that you as the leader are doing everything you can to make every shift as easy as possible. Yes. Because there's nothing to scare away then. I was in Seattle uh, a couple of weeks ago. My clients, the Kellers, asked me to stay an extra day because during my better visits today for their supervisors, uh, we were talking about service and they're like, fine, put your money where your mouth is, stay an extra day and work at this store on Friday night. The store is at, uh, it's 120 store DMA and the store usually is somewhere between 40 and 60 on the leaderboard on a Friday night. They normally run okay service, better than the 30 minute expectation that our customers have, but not, not amazing. Sam, 
I didn't even wear an apron for the four hours and I was in that store. Well, and you shouldn't have to, right? Because you're leading. The director that was with me didn't wear an apron for the four hours he was in the store. I'm like, all we are are human bumpers. And we go through this and we're about to leave at whatever it was, 830-ish. Rush is starting to die down a little bit. We've shaved nine minutes off their average delivery time with the same crew they had the week before. I'm sorry. I, I'm sure I misheard you. You shaved nine minutes on a store that yeah. was already delivering sub 30 minute time. Correct. So my Correct. guess is you're hovering around the 20 minute time or less. Correct. And our out the door time for the dinner rush was single digits. Single digits. And you didn't make any pizza. I didn't touch a thing. And the director didn't make any pizza. Okay. He, he ran one order out to a customer for car side. Oh, well, there it is. There's the nine minutes. He ran one order out. That's the difference. I tell you all this because the manager, when we were getting ready to leave, came to us and is like, you know, I'm really sorry. I'm like, sorry for what? She's like, you know, it was really dead tonight. And I would have really liked to do this when it was busier. And I was like, okay, well, let's pull up power and see what same time sales are. Double digit positive. And, and when she figured out she was double digit positive, and almost double-digit negative on ADT. <laughs> yeah. Explain her facial expression. Hers was good, but her assistant was so much better because her assistant was our load captain, and she heard the conversation, and she's like, yeah, it's been slow, and then she heard the sales, and it was, are you cussword, hitting cussword, cussword, that's cussword crazy, I cuss word, can't cuss word, cuss word, cuss word. Believe it. You know, I wasn't there, but you and I were in Ohio some time back. And yeah, it's been a while now. We see this all the time. What it takes is a plan and a vision and constant coaching and leading to make that happen. And then the job becomes fun. That's just that even, even if you're a low volume store, if you assign positions and you do the things that I, I say, we want to spend minutes now to save seconds later, right? I want to do everything I can at two o'clock in the afternoon. So I don't have to do that thing at six and it makes the job easier. And when we make the job easier, it becomes more fun because it's not stressful. And, and they, they had me yelling at them. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? Over and over again on DSS orders when they're like, dude, it's in the oven already. I'm like, all right, cool. It's all about setting the expectations to your point in the interview. If we're trying to hire people and when we're not trying to hire people during the times when we're busy so that people who come in that potential hire don't see it as a giant goat rodeo. There's a couple of goat rodeos going on out there. We've got to do a better job uh, of leading. And, you know, to Daniel's point, you know, what can I do to better set expectations, especially when people are quitting mid-shift? I mean, this is real easy for me to say as I'm sitting in the Hampton Inn in Ohio. If they quit mid-shift, they quit mid-shift. They're not on the team. You need to be making sure that you hire folks that are going to be on the team. And the easiest way to do that is to let them know what team they're signing on to. And I think you and I've had that discussion before that I would much rather go into a shift alone than worry about walking on eggshells with three other team members. I want to go to war with the people I trust, not with the people that are going to turn their guns against me. That's a bad group right there. That second group, all those scrolls, it's bad. That's not good. So let's hit the second part of this because 
there's probably a general manager listening right now and saying, but you guys don't understand. I just took over the store and I inherited the team. What advice would you give to that guy? Nothing changes. It doesn't. I still have to set expectations in the interview. In this case, okay, so there's usually two frames of thought, right? I want to take a couple weeks to get to know the team. I, I have seen that. And generally that doesn't work. It ends up being Daniel six months down the line. Oh my gosh, I have all these people that don't really want to be here. They're not really helping me. Dude, just go in and set expectations. Sit down and talk with each one of them individually and be like, I understand that what your job was may be different than what I'm about to tell you, but this is what it is going forward. And the worst they do is leave. And the best they do is stay. And if they leave, it's less stress on you. You're not dragging them along. You're not pulling them through every shift, begging them to do a dish or listening to them complain when you ask them to sweep. Like, oh my gosh, why would you put up with that? Plus, every time they complain, it's somebody else who's going to, too. Exactly. This would be my advice. First and foremost, to take the two weeks to get to know them. The only thing you're doing is taking two weeks to, to start your plan. I want to start my plan now. Correct. The second thing is, you know, you talked about set full-fledged expectations in the interview. These people are always already on the staff. That doesn't mean you can't interview them. Yeah, that'd be that five-minute conversation. Yep. Each one of them gets a couple minutes alone. You and I love the sports ball. Sports ball, man. And any coach that's been successful in any sport at all that's taken over a new team hasn't waited two weeks. He goes in there on day one, he gets the team together, and he says, this is what we're going to do. Who's with me? Who's against me? And in fact, in the book that we read about you win in the locker room first with John Gordon, he talked about the Atlanta Falcons uh, going from worst to first. And when that coach took over, he said, this is what we're going to do. Who doesn't want to be here? And three team members came to him after and said, I don't want to be here. And he immediately went to the general manager and said, these guys deserve a better chance somewhere else, but it's not going to be here. I think if people don't want to be on your team, it doesn't make them bad people. It makes them people that aren't going to be on your team. It's not anything personal. I've said this before, and I'll, I'll continue to say it. There's 8 billion people on the face of the earth. I think they're all good at something, but they're all not deserving of a spot on my team. So if you want to be on my team, welcome aboard. So, you know, if you, if you inherited a team, first of all, be thankful that you didn't just inherit a store with no team. But second of all, go ahead and interview them and let them know where you're going and do they want to be part of the solution or are they going to be part of the problem? And if they're going to be part of the problem, the sooner you get rid of that, the closer you're going to be to your solution. And then the next thing is when new people come aboard, you've got to give them these full-fledged expectations from the beginning. If you don't, you're setting yourself up for misery. Before we uh, wrap this up, would you use the same interview guide for your existing team members as new or would you use something different? That's a great question. I'm trying to think through my interview guide. You know, this is on the fly. We didn't talk about this in show prep. I think I'd use the same one because my interview has some softball questions. I don't know these team members. I want to get to know them. My interview guide goes through full-fledged expectations of image, a realistic job preview, and punctuality. My team members need to know that. When I get to the questions of the tell me about a time, if they're already a team member, they can answer those questions better. And, and the answer can be more fit to exactly what I'm looking for. I think I'm going to use the same interview guide. What about you? When I asked, there was a spot in my head where I was like, I, I don't know if I need the whole interview guide. I might cut it up. But as you're talking it through, 
yeah, I think I would just use the exact same interview guide. I don't need a whole lot of digging. I don't need a whole lot of refocusing because to your point, they're a team member. I don't need, I don't need to hear about when they were in high school doing something. They've been a CSR for four months. Use an example from here. And I was in the same spot. I was like, I'd probably cut that thing up. But then as we, you know, as we worked our way through it, yeah, I just use the same interview guide. And, you know, for those of you out there in Podland, the interview guide is available. All you got to do is reach out to me and I'd be happy to send it to you. And that's Sam at FouserConsulting.net. Sam at FouserConsulting.net. And Daniel, uh, you've already got your interview guide. By the time you hear this, you will have already gotten it. So I'll make sure I send that to you. So Drew, let's uh, let's wrap this puppy up. Let's dock this plane, land this boat, hoist the mainsail or drop the mainsail or whatever sailors do. Wrap this thing up in a bow for our listeners. Let's see. If you're having trouble hiring or you're having trouble with your current team, the best time to set expectations, if you haven't, is now. If you're moving into a new store, the best time to set expectations is the second second you're in the store. Don't wait. Just go. If you're going into a place and you're, you're inheriting a team, interview them like you would anybody else because you need to reset expectations. If they don't want to be on your team, that's perfectly cool. It's nothing personal. And like Sam said, they're great at something. Let them go find it. I think the thing that I would add to it, as I was listening to you do that marvelous wrap up, I just loved it, by the way. Did you really? I did. I had extensive notes from the podcast. There you go. As you're setting up expectations with the new team member, I think it's important that you take a cheerleader tone, that you're very positive in where the store is going and you're not going in there like a cop. Listen, things have been, uh, uniform has been awful. and We're going to fix that now. I wouldn't suggest going that route. Yeah, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Yeah, I, I would say, hey, listen, I've got great news. You're part of a team that's about to be a winning team, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to be looking sharp. We're going to be making great pizzas. We're going to be delivering with a smile on our face. And sooner or later, we're going to be delivering faster. And that's going to help you make more money. And are you ready? to get on this bus, buckle up. It's going to be a great ride. And I think you've got to do it with a positive outlook. You know, much like Kevin Shaw said in, in episode one, a uh, hundred episodes ago. That's throwback Thursday. Here we go. Yeah, there you go. All right, gang. Hey, listen, you've been listening to another episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Do us a favor and share these with your friends. Post them on your socials and like us, follow us, do all that good stuff. If you send us any kind of screenshot that shows you're following, we'll send you a fabulous Drew and Sam Talk training pin. And as always, go out and sell more pizza. And have more fun. Bye-bye. Woo, see ya.